0: Hello and welcome to The Hearts View with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are Calvin and Spencer to talk about the defeat to Queen of the South. We talk about the recruitment at the club and we chat a little about Dunfermuth on Saturday. So I didn't think we would uh, actually get beat off Queen of the South on Saturday. Um, We did, um, but you know it was sort of to be expected with the shit show we had to put up with over the week as well.
1: Yeah, I, I had a feeling before the game we, would, uh, we were going to get beat. Um, even so that I actually went back to the South at 6-1. to one. Um, It's not often that they, they, they actually do that, you know, bet against your own team. But when they're going out and <clears throat> losing uh, to a team from the Highland League, then, you know, I think 6 to one's good value on a team. Yeah, there was just something in the air, wasn't there? You know, the discontent carried on from uh, Tuesday. Um, And then you had obviously all the statements and, you know, the fans clearly have changed that, obviously. And I mean, of course, it was going to feed through to the players. There's no danger, regardless of being played behind closed doors, that they didn't know just how peed off the fans were. Um, some of them will have social media, they'll have family and friends who are on social media, so listen, they, they definitely would have seen the reaction from the supporters. Um, and I think, you know, they almost went into their shell, and I think, you know, it, it just epitomised what this team is. There's no fight there, there's no kind of major reaction. It was all right, Robbie Nielsen saying he, he wanted a reaction from his players, and everybody else thought there was going to be a reaction, Um and they were gonna come out and, and blow Queen of the South away like like they did the, the first time they played at Tincastle. But everyone who's been watching Hearts, certainly since the turn of the year anyway, knew that just wasn't gonna happen. Um the the way they, they start the game for a for a start pescu and just pass them the ball. I mean, I, I was actually looking down at my phone and I looked up and the ball was in the back of the net. I was going, what the hell? Um and that just that just started off, you know. The second goal as well was a was a calamity better of trying to play offside and um where the goalkeeper in absolute no man's land and it was just a shambles and then we get back to two two which <clears throat> in fairness to hearts one of the, the the few things you can say about um this heart side is even when they are a couple of goals behind they they don't tend to give up they will have a they will have a goal um and they got it back to two two um and then the own goal I mean what do you even say about that I mean we've seen some absolute calamities over the years watching Hearts but that for me is probably the most laughable own goal I've seen at Castle from a Hearts player and um, you know Irvin I don't know if it's maybe because he you know he's he synced himself it's a good jambo he's saying maybe if I knock this on my own net here it might get Nielsen out of a job but um, because it certainly looked that way the ball just came into the, the, the box there's nobody around him and, um, and, and the funny thing is I could see it coming actually um, as soon as the ball went into the box, I thought, "Oh, yep, yeah, there you go, on goal," and uh, and it just summed up um, Hearts at the moment. And uh, but in fairness, we again we should have had an equaliser. You know, I thought that was a ridiculous decision from the linesman. Um, it's clearly still in, and uh, and Nandalee should have had a, a brace. But um, overall, that just would have been papering over the cracks. Even if they had got a point, I think to again to concede three goals at home in this division is is utterly embarrassing. Um, this defence is, that's what's cost us. It's what got us relegated and it hasn't been addressed. And, um, you know, Craig Gordon at times this season has, has definitely saved us and he's definitely kept our um, defensive tally down. But, you know, if you don't address your defence and everyone could see it and Robbie didn't do that, and in the end, it could end up costing him his job. Even even if we still do go in and win the championship by X amount of points, it, it really doesn't matter.
0: Spencer, do you think this criticism is warranted on the Hearts defence, the players and Robbie Nielsen?
2: Um, yeah, well, listen, it was a, a poor performance on um, on Saturday. Um, you know, when you're 1-0 down after a minute, thanks to another from our weakest defender, Pepescu. Um you're going to be in trouble. Um, the second goal as well was was not very good. Um, the defence was playing too high a line, I think, um, and we let them in behind too easily. Um, these mistakes can be eradicated, but um, not when your teammates are too high up. AD White um, didn't have a good game. Um, but we showed good fight and spirit to get back into the game to come from 2-0 down. I thought we showed good character and we're just unfortunate with the own goal. I mean, it was just a, a ball in the box. I'm not sure if the goalkeeper gave in a shout of what happened there, but he stuck out his leg and it's ended up in the back of the net. And that's what happens when you're low on confidence, unfortunately, and things are not going for you. Um, But I don't think it was a horrendous performance. I just think we're, we're low on confidence, but we did do well to get back into the game. And as Gordon said as well, we really should have had a, a draw. Jamie put in an excellent... Excellent uh, ball in the box, and it was a good header. It should have been 3-3. And maybe from then we're going to win the game. Who knows?
0: The third goal, Calvin. I mean, we'll, actually, we'll talk about the second goals as, as well. I mean, that was far too high a line we were trying to play there. Better try to play offside. Clearly didn't work, did it?
3: No, no, it didn't. Um, to be honest, the defence has been a shambles all season. It's something we've talked about at length on this show. I think every fan knows that i think going into this year. We probably thought we'd get away with it because it was a championship. Um We strengthened the left back, which is where we need the strength. And um, but by and large, it kind of just backs what we've saying. the last two games have shown. Craig Gordon is probably the reason we're getting promoted. Craig Gordon, Liam Boyce. Like if you take the two out of it, we're a mid-table championship side. Would be we wouldn't be anywhere near as good cool as we are. And it's. It's a shambles overall. Like the, the fact that we're reliant on a thirty-eight-year-old goalkeeper. Been, could you imagine if Gordon had got injured midway through the season or something? I genuinely quite shut sure up. I think no overall, not just the first goal. I mean, the first. I was similar to Gordon. The first goal wasn't even paying attention by the time I went in, but I just looked up and it was it was 1-0 and you're going, "How have we? How has that even happened?" And to to have like to have to try and get a reaction from a game like we did the other night to go do that in the first minute of a game is just criminal. But yeah, we, we did fight back and we've done that a few times this season because our forwards are actually quite good. But the midfield's poor the defence is off and defence just lets us down every single week. Doesn't it doesn't seem to matter what combination of players we put in there, right? It's not it's not one player in particular. It's just any combination that back is just it's just letting us down every single time. And that defence will, if not, addressed, Major regardless of who's in charge next season, will get us relegated again. It's as simple as that. You cannot stay up with a defence that leaks. It's not even leaking goals, they give away goals every single game. Like, when you've got a goalkeeper as good as we have, you should be keeping clean sheets every week in that week, but we don't. And it's, again, it wasn't actually a bad performance from the forwards, but the poor defence shows let us down.
0: I mean, for the third goal, Gordon, as well, You could Spencer did sort of touch on did Andy Irvine hear a shout or whatever. You know, surely a, a defender somewhere's shouting at him, saying, you're all right, you don't need to put that leg out.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and, and again, that's a lack of leadership in, in that back line, and Spencer says it's, it's down to people without confidence, and that's fine, but these these are the basics of football, and uh, particularly when you're an experienced... And Listen, it's not four kids... That are playing as a back four who have never experienced men's football. You know, they're experienced internationals. Um, you know, and it's it's, it's ridiculous. You know, Berah has been a captain. Um, Craig Levine even said on on the the radio. The irony of him being there um, on on a day like that um, when he was the one that basically caused this entire mess in the first place, and he sits there from his uh, his nice wee view on the uh, in in the media gantry. He said, you know, he couldn't even hear Christoph Berra shouting and it was a lack of leadership. Well, if we recall correctly, um, you know, Levine would never drop Berra. So surely he's not just finding this out now. It's been happening for, for years. And, um, you know, Pepescu as well is clearly a guy who I think, you know, when things aren't going well, he's most, he'll be one of your, the, the first to make a mistake. And, you know, two minutes in, he, he does that. Um, A.D. White, I've never been convinced by. Um, and Craig Halkett as well, I had a conversation today, I, I don't think he's up for it, Um, you know, we I, I used to think Craig Halkett was, you know, when, if we could get a decent partner for Craig Halkett, he'd probably be all right, but for me, you know, he's he's struggling in the championship, and, you know, he might have looked well at Livingston, and all that sort of thing, but he's a shadow of the player, he looks overweight as well, you know, if you see um, him, in comparisons to what he was like at Livingston, just a, a complete shadow of the player, and, um, you know, there's there's professional pride. I think these players have got to take first and foremost. I mean, they didn't look arsed. I mean, let's be honest with you. There was at times where there was pl- players on that park that, that they just didn't look bothered. And I think they, they don't realise what sort of football club they're at. You know, they're at heart in they're, they're not at some, you know, they're not at Hamilton Akees or St Mirren, you know, one of these small clubs who'll be down at the bottom of the table. Um, They're, they're at hearts. They're the third biggest club in the country. And they're, they're making an absolute mockery of its support. Um, a support that's, you know, put in millions and millions of pounds and continually just gets let down weekend after weekend. And, um, you know, people from outside in sit and say, well, you know, they're 13 points clear. What more do they want? We shouldn't be in this division. So it doesn't matter if we're 13 points clear. We could be 50 points clear. It doesn't matter. Shouldn't be in this league. Shouldn't be conceding three goals at, at home to any team, never mind Queen of the South and Wraith Rovers and Air United. You know, it's an absolute shambles. And defensively, you could probably analyse every single heart school this season that they've conceded and think, that's avoidable. Yep, that's avoidable. That's avoidable. Because it just happens all the time. It's easy goals. It's it's not even schoolboy stuff. Because see if schoolboy, a schoolboy done that, right? Stuck the ball in the back easy on net they 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 wouldn't play for the team ever again. They but like, listen, you've not got a son. We're gonna pick somebody else and, and put them in defence and we're gonna play somebody else. Because it's just it's just a complete lack of leadership. It really is. And um and and I, I thought from the very start, like 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 we're saying there, Pescu in the first couple of minutes doing that. I mean what is that all about? You know what I mean? You've got safe possession, and then suddenly you look up and the balls in the back of the net. It just sums hearts up totally. And um you know, Queen of the South, I thought that first half hour they they took the piss out of her They really did. And um and that's that's the, the most worrying thing. And it's you know, I feel sorry for Boyce and even Nanderley as well. You know, I think um I thought he was poor midweek Nanderley and um he couldn't get in the game and obviously Boyce came on at time and, and couldn't quite get his rhythm in. But um I thought they huffed and puffed. I thought they were probably the only two that you would give pass marks to at the weekend there because I didn't think they got any help from the midfield for the game. Bypassed the midfield, the majority of it, and uh, and the defence unfortunately didn't cover itself in glory either. So you know, um, a, a disappointing but predictable day at the office.
0: Spencer, should should Hearts fans be unhappy with this situation we're in?
2: Uh, yeah, of course. It's um, it's not an ideal situation at the moment. Um, I do understand what Robbie means a lot of the time with his comments. It just doesn't come across very good. I don't know if that's an issue that he has with um, communication. For example, the Man United or Man City comment was, I get what he's trying to say, but it it doesn't come across well after the Border Rangers defeat. I also understand what he means by, we're 13 points clear with five games to go, people should be happy. I understand what he means by that, but a lot of people don't appreciate that. Whether it be you know whether the style of play and indeed some of the results, um, from his perspective, I think he believed that we were in decent form before the Broader Rangers game, which I think a majority of the fans wouldn't wouldn't think so. He would, I think, he was viewing it as what I think we're unbeaten in nine games or something before Broader Rangers. But realistically, the performances weren't good enough. Um, I think a lot of them were draws as well. A lot of our games have been on the BBC this season have been very bad. So. I don't know why a lot of pundits are surprised that we're, we're upset when we're actually playing like that every week when, when they've seen it themselves, whether it be Dundee away or Inverness away or something like that. Um, so there's a, a real issue with performances and, and results more recently. But I am willing to give him a bit more time. That's just my opinion. I think we, we should probably let him see how he gets on in the summer. I think he understands that he needs a good start that there's not going to be that honeymoon period in the Premiership that he needs to hit the ground running. And I just think with that pressure, um, you're either going to sink or swim. And I think we could have a decent season next year if you let him bring in some, some more players. Because I think he understands that there needs to be big changes.
0: Calvin, do you, do you think his job is untenable now? I know we talked about this before. We've had a wee bit time to think about it. You know, Spencer did make the point that You know, give them the summer. Should we be giving them the summer? Should we give and have that trust in them? No, I don't. I don't agree with
3: Spencer about that. I think I kind of get the point he's making about we are top of the championship, even though the thirteen points gets banded about a lot. It's not thirteen. I mean, if results went the way they were going on Saturday night, we could have been sitting here seven points on Saturday with Dunfermline still having to get to play. And I I just can't see where we're going to get a win from the rest of the season. We'll probably stagger over the line. For me. When I get that Hearts got relegated last season, but there was general a uh, uh, sort of togetherness about the club at the start of the season. They came in. Most pundits were certainly going not just will Hearts get promoted. It was assumed Hearts would get promoted with the squad they had, the budget they had. It was whether we could go the season unbeaten. Now that's probably like, it, it takes a lot of luck to go a season unbeaten, but to be staggering over the line, given the resources, given the players that, were, that the teams were playing against no it's i just can't i can't give them the summer because my concern is we'll do what we've done previously we'll get the summer and we'll be four games into next season we'll struggle through the league cup group stages again because we, we can't seem to beat. i mean we might not even get through it because robbie seems to have an aversion to play in lower league sides in the cup um we might just get through it we'll stagger along in the league and we'll sack them five or six games in right and then we'll muck about take four or five games to appoint another manager and be back in the same situation again. I think the time is, we need to act now. I just, the bro, I mean, the broader games, probably just brought everything to a head, but there's nobody could have sat and watched that since that cup final and went, oh, this is good enough. Cause it's not, I don't care if we're extending our lead, but extend our lead, like we're drawing games with our growth and still magically extend our league at the top. We shouldn't be drawing games while our growth. We shouldn't be in a situation where the only team in the league that we've got hundred percent record against Air United and even with that, that was thanks to quite a lucky penalty. Right, so I just, no, nah, it, it just worries me because this team is, from where I'm sitting now, we're just coming straight back down, and we've made that mistake too many times under a bridge where we've we've given a manager just that bit of extra time to see if they can do something. Like Levine should have went after the cup final, right? Caffrey should have went at the end of the season, but they both got the summer, and by the time. By the time we've done anything about it, was too late. You're stuck with that squad of players because trying to change a team in January is bad enough. Trying to change a team in January at the bottom of the league is even harder, as we found out with Stendhal. So, nah, for me, it's, it's got she's got that now. I don't have any faith in her acting now, which sort of brings us to the overall point of do we have any faith in the board? And I, I just don't. It's t- it's been too long. It's been too many too many mistakes, but it's been the same mistake. It's yeah, and the, the broader game. It's you know what, see if it were absolutely romping the championship like we only lost one game blowing teams out of the water every single week then I don't think it would have people would have been rightly pissed off right. Let's let's not make any excuses for a game that bad, but they probably wouldn't have been calling for his head in the manner they are, I think it's because it's been a culmination of things it's been four years of decline with several false dawns and then this season has just been murder like, it's just brutal, and Spencer. The games—it seems to be the games on the telly. I mean, four draws in a row in the championship. It's crap. So no, for me, for me, to the time is now. Ideally, before the end of the season. But
0: I'm going to talk a bit about the common denominators here, Gordon. I mean, you know, Nielsen's left, Stendel left before him. Levine got the sack before him. Common denominator here is the players. Are the players doing enough?
1: Well, no, of course they're not. Um, but, you know, you talk about common denominators. I think you've got to look at the people who actually bring these people in. And I've, I've said this many, many times. The recruitment at this football club is a disgrace. And it's not just during the Mrs. Budge era. It was before that as well. Yet one man has kept his job and he got a mention on uh, on the radio at the weekend. And that's John Murray. And it uh, goes back to the old PALS Act, how he is still in a job. I will never know. A scout, you look at all the young players and um, Alan Preston spoke about it on Sports Sound at the weekend there. And he, he, you know, he was talking about Liam Gordon, who's won a trophy at St Johnston now. Uh, Doitch at, at Hibbs. You know, that's just that's just naming two off the cuff who have went on, been released by Hearts and are, are doing very well. Um, you know, you, you've only got to look at this guy and he's, he's the guy that makes the decisions. He's not the manager of the football club. It's the guy who's in charge of the, the scouting network and in charge of the the academies. It's him. You know what I mean? He has a say on all that. You know, he let Jason Cummins and stuff like that go. You know what I mean? Because he thought he was too short. You know, th- this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And he, he he's let this football club down for a long time, yet he remains in the job because he's probably, you know, right in there with the old pals. Simple as that. Um, How people can sit there, and, and particularly guys like, you know, Jim Jeffries, and Gary Locke, and, you know, and even now uh, Joe Savage, how they can sit there on a Saturday afternoon watching that pitch and not turn around and and pull, you know, and Budge aside and go, listen, you, you can't be serious. Because, I mean, I, I read a quote there in the, in the news that she basically just sat there the entire first half, looked glum-faced and spent the entire second half just looking at her phone. You know what I mean? Mrs. Budge doesn't know anything about football. She clearly doesn't. She's even admitted it herself. Yet she's the one that's making these decisions. And the fact is, she gets a very easy ride from the media. It's only now is it being highlighted. But the fact is, right, Mrs Budge didn't save hearts. She stepped in and helped hearts. She didn't save hearts. The fans did. And they've ploughed millions and millions and millions of pounds into the football club, yet it's constantly been pitched against the wall by the chairwoman, who, again, already doesn't know anything about football. Right? As I say, she's admitted that herself. So why is she making these decisions? McKinley was brought in and he was supposed to, to be the guy that's in charge of the, the, the day-to-day running of the club. We, he's had one interview. We've never heard for this guy the entire time. And then not only that, you know, Joe Savage is supposed to be the sporting director. I made this point the other day there. Why, why appoint a sporting director after you've appointed a manager? Surely the whole point in actually having a sporting director is to give him the opportunity to appoint a manager and, and get his actual tentacles into the team. Because surely that's the point in having him. What, what, otherwise, what's what's the point? You know what I mean? Because you can't say, oh, he's just, in, he's just firmly in charge of recruitment. Well, then if he's firmly in charge of recruitment, why is John Murray still getting a wage? You know what I mean? What's the point in the scouts? That that's what I'll go back to. The fact is, as well, we only deal with like a couple of agents, and this goes back to the Levine days because he would only deal with several agents. So our scouting network is very very small, and we only we you know we will only rely on these certain agents who, quite frankly, are you know I've probably got very very poor clients who will say, you know, I can't kind can of get me a club. No, no, it's okay. I'll get you a football club in Scotland who will pay you a fortune, and it doesn't matter what you do on the park because you'll get yourself a nice four-year deal. Again, it, it just goes back to an entire, an entire policy of signing players, and and it goes and you know you talk about the common denominator being the players, but it's it's not. It's the people who bring them to the club. It's the people who do the research. You know what I mean? A football footballers don't just turn up at castle and suddenly become shite overnight. That's not how it works. You know, the, the there's got to be a scouting network that should go into these players and realise. Listen, has this guy got an, got what it takes to play for Hearts? You know what I mean? Can can they handle the pressure? Can they do what's expected of them? And the fact of the matter is, 95 percent of them can. And um, yeah, they might be an international on on paper and all this sort of thing, but ultimately they've they've not done enough research. We just signed players that you know, look decent in football manager, I think. And, and we go, oh, well, you know, he'll he'll add to the squad. Oh, I've heard of him before. He played in the Europa League once. Uh, or, you know, Oshinawa, or Mark Messi in a World Cup. That That's generally how we come up with players. And we're not looking at what the squad needs. I go all the way back to Nielsen's first reign. Um, you know, we should have finished second, should have won the Scottish Cup, fine, right? Go into that summer and go, well, we weren't really far away. What do we need here, right? We need probably a 20 goal a season striker so let's go and invest in one what do we do no we signed three strikers of which probably have three goals between them in about three years all right then with then we go and totally um change that team in january again when the new manager comes in i can understand that new manager wanting to to come in but again that's when he's directed football should have been saying listen let's not go overboard yet you know, you've still got a decent enough team here who will do the job for you. Let's just add wee bits of quality here and there and we can see where we take it from. And that's what Nielsen should have done originally because that team probably would have been clear and saying, they'd always say when he left, we were second. But actually, the next again night, we were back doing the third again. But that's besides but the point. If, if you'd actually added players in at that, that time, quality players, like a 20-goal season striker, and I appreciate it's difficult to find those sort of players, but it was only a couple of years later that we bring in a Kyle Lafferty. If we had spent that type of money rather than, you know, just f- spending it on three players, you know, we would have had a striker there who could have led the line and took us to the next level. You could have bought a, a decent holding midfielder to, add, to, to go in alongside, you know, Jum and, and uh, you know, kind of replace Buabin and Gomez. And, you know, you could have signed on our centre-half and then a goalkeeper. You know, that's just four. It's just four players you're talking about instead of signing the nine that we that we usually sign, and that's the issue. You know what I mean? They 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 look at oh, let's sign as many players as possible. It's quantity over quality. Well, it should be quality over quantity, and um and that's been the problem with the football club. We've just pushed so much money against the wall, and it's now coming ahead, and it was inevitable. It was always going to happen. It was always going to happen, and um and now we're at that point where um that result and you know better said it as well it was coming and actually if you think about it it was coming and um, I don't think you know he just meant that squad that was coming I think there was something deeper to that I think you know as a club overall we were heading towards that humiliation and now um, for me there's no way back
0: Spencer do you think we need another another plan for recruitment and bringing players in bringing the right players in you know, do, do we need to look at bringing more youth players in, for example?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that was sort of talked about, or has been talked about behind the scenes. A new two-year plan that Mrs. Budge wants. Um, I think that would see um, you know more younger people, younger players coming through. But there needs to be. What what annoys me is things like you know. Patterson and Hickey and things like that leaving for, for Peanuts. I mean, the, the youngster's, well, you know, prospects that we do have are, are not on long-term contracts, but people like Damour are. <laughs> That's a big issue at the club, isn't it? Um, I think this season would have been a perfect opportunity to bring through some kids, um, you know, blend them in with, uh, with some, of the, some of the experience that is there, uh, who will now be leaving, people like Bera, for example. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a difficult one. I don't know what's happened with the, the youth side. I was watching a, an interview with Levine earlier on today from a few years ago, and he was talking about how when he came into the club in 2014, it was a disaster and how he'd al- almost fixed the youth system around 2017. So has it somehow been decimated again in the past three or four years? I mean, I don't understand how that works. I don't know what happens at the youth academy and things like that. Um, it's a strange one. Um, so it really is problematic going going forward. There there seems a lot of problems at the club at the moment, and there needs to be a new three year plan or something like that. But who's gonna who's gonna take it forward? Who knows? I don't think it's going to be Mrs Budge, but you never know.
0: And Calvin, sort of bedding in both of these questions for yourself. You know, there was reports today that were we're going to be signing Shea Logan potentially. Does that not send alarm bells? You know, this is a 33-year-old um, defender from Aberdeen. You know, we've got a youth set up there. Why can't we bring a player through? Or why aren't we looking at someone that's maybe had a good season in the Premiership? It's just,
3: I mean, that sign is just bizarre. Wait, it's five, five games, it's a, it's a loan, is it not? A loan to the end of the season. So the only reason I can think of that is it's a loan with a view of signing them in the summer. So that does set alarm bells ring. Because if that's the player we're looking for, it. but if everyone at the Gordon's just said about the recruitment, just being all over the place... I What Spencer said there about the youth team was very, very relevant. This is the season where we should have, there should have been plenty more opportunities for young players. And I'm kind of worried that if they're not good enough to get in a squad that's underperforming as badly as that, then it, maybe it's just, I mean, because Nielsen never really, the first time round he, he inherited a squad of very good young players. He never really, from my memory, never really brought anybody through today. I don't know if anybody can think off the top of their head. He might just be one of these managers that doesn't trust them for whatever reason, doesn't want. I mean, why would you bother? If your if you're chairman's letting you sign nine players a window, why would you bother leaving youth players anyway? You've no reason. You just sign whoever you want. Um, Shea Logan probably, if any, it kind of just sums up where was a club. I mean, three years ago, I'd have bit your hand off of Shea Logan. Right? He was brilliant player. barely getting a game for Aberdeen. He's 33. We're probably going to give him like a four-year contract because that seems to be the, the standard contract for a 33-year-old there has to be I mean is he coming in as backup for Smith or is he or is he just I, I don't know I, I just don't understand it personally like maybe if we brought him in in January as cover I could for a six month deal I could kind of get on board but is there no other full backs in the, in the academy that could that could get a game over him for the fact let's like say the, the league's done right fortunately it's done now because any if it was stretching it no longer we'd be screwed but this is the time now to see if anybody even just to freshen the team up but Spencer said, and it's really interesting. Levine did talk about that, like how badly the youth academy was when he came in. He spent years overhauling it. But that's been six years, seven years now. That we should be starting to see results from that. We've seen the odd player, Hickey. Again, he wasn't really our academy, but he was, and he went said and came back. Um, but since Budge came in, there was, i say, there was a crop of youngsters there. But there's not really been any major stars. Anybody's went on to better things. Irvin looks a player, right? I'll give him that. Um, but he's clearly going away again, completely backing up what Spencer said. That we give shit like mere four-year deals, but we don't tie down any prospects and anything longer than, than a couple of years and they go away for nothing or for peanuts. I mean, Hickey, one and a half million quid a decent fee, but we had to have to a third of that to sell it. So it's, it's not really that great for a player that looks like he's got real potential going forward. I mean, you're selling a, a player to Serie A when he's got teams like Bayern Munich chasing after him, you'd expect a decent fee given the, the money they share on youngsters. But no, it's it's the whole the whole recruitment. We could talk this to death because we've done it, and you could sit there and list the players that we've signed and the money we've spent, and it's just. sun always find funny is that Vladimir Romanov used to always get accused of wasting money, right, on on shit signings. But the wastage over the last five years on just draws. I mean, we'll sign Shea Logan. Right? He'll come in play a couple of games, and then he'll hang around for three years, play the odd game, get injured, make the odd backup get injured again and that's it and, well, it's just bizarre but again kind of my point earlier is do I trust Nielsen going forward if this is the standard of we're looking at then absolutely not like if this is what we're going to be doing in the summer trying to pick up dross like Shea Logan or Connor Salmon I and mean, again what Gordon was saying about the three strikers like what, would we th- what was he thinking and I just, I just really don't trust them. I, I don't and that's you know, you'd hope the director of football would rein him in, but is is the director of football actually getting that much Because if again if the director of football is coming up with Shea Logan is a potential sign then then you've really got a question. It. I mean it might prove me wrong, it might come in and be world class, right? But it's unlikely and it, even if he is, you'll get you'll get a year out of him most at his age. So
1: no. See that that, that that's the thing, you know, i we go back to that time and everybody, you know, particularly to the media as well, Nielsen probably got a pretty free ride. It was always, you know, it's Craig the team. These are Craig Levine's players. Well, well, I don't think it is. You know, did Craig Levine really have that much say in transfers? Apart from maybe Danny Swanson, I can't really think of too many players that were were Craig Levine signings. You know what I mean? Like, looking back, um, you know, you look at the players that Nielsen's bringing in now, and even, you know, that, that he brought in at Dundee the United, they're Nielsen's signings. And they're just so unimaginative. And they just... Shea Logan, I mean. Come on, do me a favour, eh? I mean, and, and by the way, you know, we're going to the Hearts youth system there. That is the biggest myth, um, since the the, the hearty pie. I mean, it's absolutely shambolic, and we, we keep getting told that we've spent millions of pounds on on the Hearts youth system, and um, it's one of the best in the country. It's nonsense. You know what I mean? This season, we've brought through there was Scott McGill who who came on at one point, uh, played a couple of games in the the League Cup, that was it. And then there was Harry Cochran played a couple of games, farmed out and loaned. Um, you know, not to tell me that Harry Cochran can't get into that team. Anthony McDonald was let go as well. Um, and then, you know, you, you look up front, Ewan Henderson's been on the cusp, but that for me is only because we, we don't really have too many strikers in depth. Um, and it's just, you know, again, I'll echo what Calvin says, you know, Nielsen didn't bleed any strike uh, any young players in during that that first period uh, when he came in because they had all played in the championship season, you know they had all had a year of Premiership football under their um under their belts, you know Parson Walker, um you know these sort of players they they were they were pulling the strings in the Premiership and your know, hearts were red hot in form at the end of that season let's not forget you know we battered Kilmarnock five 0 um, had went to Partick, I think. I'm sure we beat them four two, and you know we had beat Hibs twice, and um, you know that that team really had the bit between their teeth, and you know the fact that they added a the wee bit of experience here and there, they got their their transfer policy absolutely spot on. Although let's not forget they did have some duds in there as well. You know your Neil Hassanouis, your Kenny Andersons, so the writing maybe was on the wall, but. It just it's just frustrating because, you know, you think about the time that's been wasted and the money that's been wasted and it's it's frustrating it is because you know you think about where Hearts could be and the you know what's happening this season The Hearts had finished third in the Premier League, you know, we could potentially be going into a group stage Europa League instead. It's our city rivals who are doing it. And um and that's what pisses everybody off even more. Um is the fact that, you know. Yeah, we turn up and we, we win derbies and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, on the park, outside our Derby record, our overall record as a football club under Mrs Budge has been pathetic. And um, particularly over the last couple of years, I mean, the third biggest club in the country shouldn't be in the championship. You know what I mean? It just it just shouldn't happen, certainly with that budget. And I know that people are saying, oh, well, you know, Hearts should uh, be comfortable you know, with the budget they've got in the championship. Aye, they should have been comfortably third in the Premier League last year with that bloody budget. So, I mean, again, it just goes back to the whole thing. It's a joke, you know. You could could honestly write a book about last season, and no wonder everybody was waiting for the documentary to come out.
0: Spencer, do we need, then, a good blend of youth and experience going forward? Say when the foundation, or if the foundation take over, or if the fans take over, or somebody else takes over. That needs to be top priority, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. But um, at the same time, you know, we need to be a team that's that's finishing third every season or at least looking to finish third every season. And I think you need experienced players to do that. But there there should be every every year, you know, young players that are coming through. I I think Cochrane was a a good example, but I, I don't know what's happened with him. I don't know why he is viewed as not being good enough, but because I can't really think of him having bad games, just he, his opportunities have just went away recently, like last couple of seasons, because he, he was quite decent that season would be Celtic 4-0, the first sort of year he broke through, and then after that he just never got the opportunities again. So there needs to be, you're right, there needs to be that sort of blend, um, but, you, but you look at the bigger clubs as well, you know, Celtic and Rangers, I know we can't really compare They're not filled with loads of youngsters from their youth academy. There's only maybe like one or two. That's what we should be like. Um, We we shouldn't just play them for the sake of it. I mean, they need experience and things like that. That's why it's good to send them out on loan. But at the same time, we need to have a a squad that is... um, They have to be good enough to play, is what I'm saying. And um, I think Cochrane probably would have been good enough to play in this team. Certainly McDonald as well. But you need to you need to find that right blend.
1: I I think I think Spencer's spot on there. By the way, there seems to be this massive kind of thing about how we've got to have young players in our team, and you know, there's an obsession I think, not just from from the fans, but from the media as well. That, you know, somehow we've we've got to be hell-bent on getting youngsters into the team and all that sort of thing. I think ultimately it's just got to go down to the signing policies, the players that we bring in. You know, I would love to see a couple of youngsters get bladed in, but it's not the be-all and end-all. As long as the club's winning games, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? At, At the end of the day, if they are a team, that they've got to be a team that's finishing third and challenging for trophies. I'm not talking about league titles and things like that you'd like to have the odd exciting season where, you know, we potentially get up there. But you want a team that's, first of all, solid, but has that little bit of excitement about, you know, you have a couple of flair players in there and we just don't have any flair players. You know, you look right through the team and there's no, there's nobody in that team. You could potentially argue Gianelli, but I mean, the guy's injury record this season is just probably why he's at heart. But um, apart from him, you know, you look right through that squad and there's nobody there that's going to get you off the edge of your seat. And that's the issue. And we don't, we don't look to address that. We don't look to sign a superstar. Mind what happened when Kyle Lafferty came in. You know what I mean? He was our marquee signing that summer. And in fairness to Castro, he knew that. He, the, he knew he needed that type of player. And the guy came in and, you know, he just boosted everybody. You know, he, he got the fans. He gave you, he gave you a fan's favourite. If you look through that team, is there a fan's favourite in it? No, there's not. And, uh, well, Craig Gordon, apart from Craig Gordon, you know what I mean, the goalkeeper, for Christ's sake um and that's that's I mean, the issue
0: Spen- spencer might we've got another section later on and spencer might talk about who his favorite is but well, we'll...
1: yeah but I'm, I'm i'm living in the real world and spencer does live in the real world as well sometimes he just likes to wind us up but at the end of the day you you, you get my point you know what i mean there's nobody in there's nobody in that squad that you know excites you and that and that's the issue and we, we don't we don't look at bringing that marquee player in if gms is is meant to be that player then God help us.
0: But then it's really Gordon or or Calvin or, or Spencer, you know, surely it's about signing the right type of player, like not signing a player that's been, you know, terrible in the English Championship. You know, a terrible player is still a terrible player. It doesn't matter where he's played. You know, we should be looking at bringing in younger type players that have had a good season at their belt at sort of smaller clubs. And I mean, smaller clubs in England, I mean, smaller clubs in Scotland as well, and even, you know, Ireland and abroad, surely.
3: Yeah, I mean that that seems to be what take for example at Johnston and Motherwell that have probably finished top three more recently than us, they they tend to pick up quite a lot of young talented players about Scotland and maybe the lower leagues in England. Our signing policy has just been chuck shit out of the wall and see what sticks. And that that's what happens. And you know, we sign 18 players, three of them are good, fifteen are crap, and you keep doing that every year, and the team's just going to get progressively washed. And that's what's happened. there no there's no actual target. I think when Budge first came in, they had the, they had that sort of policy of like we'll try and pick up players that was it like that you know they maybe fallen off the rails a bit and they, they, they come to us and that works in theory but there's a reason why these players have bounced around three or four clubs before they come to Hearts like right? they're obviously they're not good enough or their attitudes not not great let's see some of the signings we made it looks great on paper because you look at them and you look and go well, he must he played at Schalke as a kid. He must, be, he must be class. And then you look through the rest of the thing, you see they bounce around a new club every six months, and that should be a alarm bell ringing. If a player is in their 30s and they've had 10, 15 clubs, don't sign them, right? There's a reason for that. There's a reason they've not nailed down a spot in any club. And I think you're right with like, with younger players. That's why I got really excited about Halkett. Right? He's not lived up to it, but Halkett was the sort of player that I feel we should be going for. He performed really well at Livingston, over a number of seasons, you look at them and go, well, that. that's a great thing. Finley would have been another one at Kilmarnock, for example. Like, a guy like him, Declan Gallagher, the mother world, they're playing at the smaller clubs than us. It could be th- I mean, we've done that. So, I mean, John was probably a really good example of us doing it as well. And Nielsen's first spell, like, he was a good player for Dundee United. Fair enough, he, he sort of had a bit of a bad, bad last six months before he came, but there was a clearly talented young player in there. But we don't do that now. And we don't, like, I can't even think of the last player we sort of tried that with. And now it just seems to be we look at Y-Scout and our scouts or um, agents come in and go, I've got a player for you. Look, like he played the, he's played like two seasons in the, in the Dutch top flight 10 years ago. Give him a game. And it's just, yeah, our, our, it's the whole thing, the, the whole ethos, the whole scouting department, the whole recruitment department is just rotten. They're just, they, they don't know what they're looking for. There's no strategy. There's no actual plan. Like it's not like we're trying to bring in players to sell them on or anything I mean, that's another thing you can do like i mean because look at motherwell with Declan gallagher as a prime example they've probably got a fairly decent fee for him now, right they went and signed them signed on brought him in he's had a good couple of seasons in the scotland team now he'll move on aberdeen in fact aberdeen have always been the best example of this i should have mentioned them earlier they've always went and signed the best talent they not quite the old firm stand like old firm are always going to get first dibs but they went and signed like any good player that Inverness have ever had over the last 10 years has end up Aberdeen, right? And that's the sort of thing we should be doing because we can pay more than Aberdeen, right? We, we do pay more than Aberdeen. We can pay more than Hibs. So we should be blowing Hibs and Aberdeen out of the water when it comes to signings. Um, but we're not for whatever reason. I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know if it's just the scouting department's not good enough. I don't know if it's what they're being told. I mean, we don't know what the brief they're getting is. I mean, they could be getting told that's the sort of player the hearts are signing. It could be coming from the top, but it, it just encompasses everything that's gone wrong and the, the scouting departments or the, the recruitment overall is probably the biggest indicator of why why we are currently where we are.
0: I'm going to move on and um, chat a wee bit about um, today's news. Spencer, you'll be disappointed. Christoph Berra is um, set to leave the club and your reaction to that? Well,
2: Christoph's been a good servant to this football club. Um, you know, over 250 appearances He's um, represented this club uh, very well, um, both on and off the park. He's um, certainly not been our weakest defender this season. Others would argue against that, but um, I think is our worst defender and I think Bera has tried his best this year and I think he'll have a, a big part to play in the, um, in the final five games and I would like to see him lift that title at the end of the season, along with Craig Gordon. I think it would be a a good ending for him at this football club. Disagree with that completely. Uh, I think Captain Stevie Naismith will be the one lifting the trophy, as it should
1: be. Um, listen, Christoph Berra prior to two years ago was, I mean, you could you could make comparisons with being one of the, the finest defenders in Hearts history, but, you know, he was one of the youngest captains, uh, went down to Wolves, had a good career down there, uh, done well at Ipswich and had a, a decent international career as well. I think just that injury caught up on him. I think his legs have caught up on him and I think the modern game doesn't really suit him. Um, you know, it's quite easy to pay, play against a, a defender like Christoph Berra. You know, he's not a you know, gone of the days of a centre forward wrestling with you. Because um, he would be good at that. You know, he would come up he would come out and top, you know, eight, nine, ten uh, times out of ten. Um, all you need to do is just put the ball in behind him and you'll you'll get in behind. And um unfortunately, um He's been past it for a while now. Um, but, listen, all the best to him in the future. Um, he'll always be fondly, I think, remembered at Tynecastle, as he should be. Um, you know, just like you can make arguments with Levine, you know, it went sour for Levine in the end, but maybe we've just got to look at their overall time at the club and try and not dwell on on how it ended for them. But uh, let's, let's make no mistake here, it's been a, a disaster for Christoph Berra over the last... 18 months and uh, he was deservedly stripped to the captaincy and uh, and sold under daniel stendel um he's came back in and i've seen nothing in his performances that have suggested that that, that stendel was out of line i disagree about being the worst defender i think although popescu's a bomb scare Berra was in the abyss and suddenly he's came back in we've conceded five goals and two of those was to a highland league team so um you know, I think you're. I think you're a bit off it there. But listen, we'll forget all that. All the best to him for the for the rest of the game.
3: Yeah, it's a shame the way it's ending. I feel he deserves. He deserves a send off in front of fans as well. I think he has been a fantastic servant in the club. Um, I just feel somewhat Gordon saying he's that injury. We've remember how how severe an injury it was. Like at his age, it was a surprise he came back at all. Um, never mind the speed in which he came. And I think that was what really done him as well as we were so short at the time that he probably shouldn't went for the season, never mind back before Christmas. And it was clear then that he was done. And he's had the odd game here and there, but he's 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 looked back to his bit. It's more like the sort of game Scottish Thomas we can wrestle with a centre forward. But no, he's he's been done. He shouldn't he shouldn't have been brought back. I, I kind of I guess it must be hard to to admit as a football player that it's time to hang up your boots. But I think Looking back on it, you'll he, probably think that he maybe should have up, hung up his boots last season. Um, He's had the runaround off East Fife and Borough Rangers this season. That's, that's, it's not... I mean, Christopher two years ago would stroll through those games. Like, that's not... When he came back to Hearts, he was... The centre half we'd been crying out for for a long time. Um, absolutely phenomenal. That first season back, when we went on that it was the same season sign Lafferty, actually. The two big signings made that summer, Bera and Lafferty, were outstanding. Um, we went on that run of nine games, without like, conceding a goal, longest in the club's history. That was a large part down to him. Um, but it's just, he's done. It's, it's unfortunate, but it happens. And I I think it's just a shame. It's a shame because, because it's ending on a sour note for a guy who has done a lot for the club. I think he's sort of we've fallen out with Stendhal last season, wasn't it didn't paint him in a good light in front of the supporters. I think given where we were, he probably should have been un- understand a bit better why the manager wanted rid him, why he wanted an influential player who wasn't going to play not in the team, like It's it's football. That's how it works. Don't Stendhal's got no no sentiment with better at all. But no, no, overall, but hope I wish him best in what he decides to do from now on. But yeah, it's it's the right time, I think.
0: And looking ahead to Dunfermline um, coming up this weekend, um, do we hold out any hope for a win?
1: Nope, uh, I don't think so. I don't see that Hearts team going there and winning. Um, I think, uh, yeah, they just they just they just lack guts. You know what I mean? There's Dunfermline will be licking their lips at the lips end of that game. Uh, I watched them against Dundee and. Yeah, they started the game really well and they fell away and I think that's probably been Dunfermline's problem this season if they had a bit of character. Um, they probably could have pushed Hearts all the way, maybe even pipped them. Um, but, you know, they beat Hearts at East End before. They'll fancy that they can do it again. I think for Hearts to get any result out of that game, it would have to be, they'd have to find a similar performance that they had against Raith Rovers away from home um, on that midweek where... Arguably, it's probably the best they played all year with its blue wraith away, which is what should have been happening every week, um, not just once in a blue moon. At the same time, it probably wouldn't have surprised me if they went and turned up with a performance like that, but you would just question, well, where the hell's that been for the last three months? Um, So, I mean, they're capable of doing it, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see us lose the game. Um, But then I wouldn't be surprised if we went and won it either. But it's too late. It doesn't matter. Let's be honest with you. you know, the league's done. The season's over for the fans again. And uh, it's just, you know, we're just counting down the days until the season's over and, you know, nobody will be celebrating uh, when when the, the title's, you know, secured or whatever. Um, People are just going to be glancing towards what the board are going to do and if there's going to be any changes, if Mrs. Budge will hand over power, um, will she be there? Will there be a new manager? That's the questions, ultimately, because I think now we're going into the most crucial summer in the club's recent history. Um. You know, we we're in a position where we're either going to be in a relegation battle, and that, you know, it still it still gives me shivers actually, even talking about that. Um, you know, where we're going to be in a relegation battle, or are we going to be battling for top three? Because I think it's going to be one or the other. I don't think there'll be an in between. I think you know we'll either come up and and you know do really really well. The Premiership will suit us. We'll get the right players in, hopefully the right manager. Um. Or it'll just be like it has been for the last few seasons. We'll have that, you know, disastrous start, and uh, and then we'll we we'll, we'll limp along. Um, we'll get our usual array of injuries, and no, I think I think uh, I think we're approaching a crucial summer, and it's time for uh, for the club to finally get a grip and and start um, achieving its potential.
0: Thank you all for joining me this week and um yeah hopefully we can um avoid defeat at East End Park. Till then, goodbye.